the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into Hour 3, we are delighted to be joined again by the great Brandon Weikert. We uh, tend to end our Mondays with how Churchill put it. Is the it's a good end to the beginning? Yeah, we always end our beginning with Brandon. Our first days with our Mondays with Brandon. He is uh, worth following on Twitter very much. So one of the most active and interesting Twitter feeds you'll find at we the Brandon just we uh, like uh, uh, collective uh, we, and he is the author of Winning Space: How America Remains a Superpower. And his most recent book, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life, and also The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy. If it's important, he's writing about it. And he's a senior editor at 1945.com. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And in the words of the Big Lebowski, it's the royal we. The royal we. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. The royal we. Uh, that's such a funny movie. And I'm so it. glad that uh, you occasionally will quote Walter Sobchak. <laughs> you know what Mark Twain said? Mark Twain said there's only three people that should use the word we. Uh, newspaper editors, royalty, and people with tapeworm. i thought you'd like that i thought you'd like that speaking of a worm turning though uh let's talk about cuba and china for a moment uh this is the oddest dang story it seems like when this story first was reported i think thursday by the wall street journal as if that was a slow news day i can understand it may not have gotten a lot of attention that uh, China is uh, is building a spy base or has built a spying base on Cuba to surveil the United States. The State Department said the story is inaccurate. They downplayed it. And then a couple days later, they admitted, no, this has been going on for a little bit and they're doing their best to contain it. Tell us what's going on here um, and tell me why I shouldn't be super worried about this as I currently am. Well, it wasn't the State Department that denied it. It was the Defense Department. Okay. All right. And I think that's a very important distinction because within six hours of their denial, the White House then came out and said, no, it's, it's something that is happening, in uh, fact. Huh. Okay. Um, and so that was our own military acting like they didn't have any idea what was going on. That's oh. very disturbing okay. to me. Okay, that's an additional um, worry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I was with the military on Thursday uh, in D.C., um, and I can tell you that they didn't want to talk about it, but what I can tell your audience is that this is one of three, uh, and I say again, one of three Chinese spy stations located in Cuba. Uh, Bill Gertz, the writer, the defense writer at the Washington Times, as well as the Washington Free Beacon, about 15 years ago reported originally that the largest former Soviet listening post outside of the former Soviet Union, was handed over by Moscow to China. And China has operated that listening post for about 15 years. Uh, They have another uh, facility on Cuba, a smaller one, and now this third one, which is the one that everybody is transfixed on. It has since been revealed, it sounds like, that this facility has actually been 
uh, an operation since at least 2019. Right. Though some of the reporting is murky on this. Yeah. Um, the point is, is that this is the first of several um, new facilities that China is going to be building out in Latin America, with obviously the closest one being just 90 miles off of where I'm living in Florida, uh, in Cuba. And so what we need to be concerned about is the geopolitical implications, because elements of the far right, of the isolationist right, as well as elements of the peacenik left, want to convince everybody that people like me are warmongers and uh, that really China's not a big threat outside of their uh, area of the world. But in fact, China, as John Mearsheimer has outlined rightly, China plans to, yes, dominate their region of the world first and then leap off from there and come into our part of the world, the Western Hemisphere. And they're already building these sort of flagship outposts uh, in anticipation of being able to connect their power in the Indo-Pacific with these outposts in our part of the world. And if we don't do something to roll this back now, it's going to be a nightmare for us as China does eventually solidify their strategic foothold in our part of the world. What would uh, what would thwarting it look like? What would that entail uh, beyond scrambling? Can we say is it scrambling signals we're talking about? Is it uh, making demands? Is it perhaps revisiting some of the laxity <clears throat> Joe Biden put onto Cuba in in response to the the, the tougher uh, the tougher sanctions Donald Trump imposed after Barack Obama opened it? The remittances, the travel. What would it, what would it look like? Well, those are all very viable options, but for me, I, I'm I'm a bit of a radical on this. I actually think that we cannot allow any outside actor outside of the Western Hemisphere, is what I mean when I say outside actor. You and James uh, any, Monroe, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, we, we must reinforce the, J, the Monroe Doctrine, and therefore I actually am in very much in favor of using complete and total military force uh, threatening it. Uh, to Cuba, if you allow these facilities to become uh, to remain operational and in the hands of China, we are going to end your regime. And that is a radical position to take. And I am the only person I know of who is suggesting this. And I'm sure most people will say I am irresponsible in saying this, but I don't care. Um, this is not the Middle East. This is not Iraq 2003. This is our backyard. And I promise your audience this much: if we let the Chinese have these little pinpoint outposts, they will blossom into major strategic threats in the next 10 to 20 years. And we don't have the capacity to wait for this to become a threat. We need to now begin to seriously contemplate whether it's covert or overt military and intelligence actions designed to not just stop new Chinese facilities from being established in our hemisphere, but to roll them back uh, what they've already got here. In 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 a sense, are we? Do you think we have the intelligence to know where they are? The way uh, Adelaide Stevenson knew where the uh, where the uh, where the Soviet missile silos were. Oh yeah, yeah, we know where they are. And if then we do, and if then we do request, ask, order that they be removed these 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 uh, spying this uh, spy base, order that it be shut down. What would be the military uh, response? Would it be an aerial drone attack? What what would we be looking at in your in your uh, view of it? 
Well, in my view, it could be. It depends on on exactly how significant of a threat this is. But this is a pretty significant issue because they could effectively interfere with, for instance, that old Soviet facility that they've upgraded. They could effectively um, uh, basically shut down the air traffic control for all civilian airliners, at least on the east coast of the United States. And we know that they plan infrastructure attacks in the event of an inevitable invasion of Taiwan that I think is coming in the next six months to two years. Um, And so in my opinion, uh, whether with a a precision strike on those facilities with drones or or airstrikes, or we just tell the Cubans, look, um, we're done and we're we're taking your regime out. It's regime change time. Uh, I don't really care, but it needs to be something very striking, for lack lack of a better word, to send a signal not just to China, but to Russia and Iran, which is also intensifying their position in our part of the world, that we're not going to tolerate it anymore. And if you're in our part of the world, you're done. And any regime that's supporting you runs the risk of being done permanently in by the United States as well. You don't have any illusions, though, that this would take place under this administration, do you? I don't think it's going to take place under any administration. Okay, fair enough. A fair enough point. Do we have the technological ability to scramble their ability to spy on us, or is the sophist- are the sophistication so much that that would just be a roll of the dice at best? Um, no, we have certain capabilities, sort of like a dueling override. Um, yeah, we have capabilities that can negate what they're going to do to a certain point, but the problem is, um, you know, whoever moves first is going to have a lot of first-mover advantages, to use an economics term. So, in my opinion, we can't afford to wait. Uh, you know, we have a very reactive presence. And in the modern world, uh, when we're talking about electromagnetic spectrum attacks, when we're talking about cyber attacks, we're talking about space attacks, we don't have the luxury of waiting and responding. We need to just be proactive, yeah, no, the, particularly the, in yeah. those domains. Yeah, no, no, no. The potentials, uh, the potentials for escalating damage from them is... Is escalatory. Um, Brandon, let me take a quick commercial sure. break, come back. Speaking of technology, I've never heard so much about UFOs or AUPs in 50 years of life as I have in the past six months. And I, Can we talk a little bit about that? I'd love to. <laughs> okay. love to. Thank you. Brandon Weikert is our guest. He is uh, the author of all the important books that are required reading right now, uh, including his most recent, um, the um, excuse me, his most recent biohacks, China's race to control life, but also winning space: how America remains a superpower. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon Weikert is our guest. He is, among other things, a senior editor at 1945.com, where he writes uh, more than frequently. I mean, he writes he writes up a storm over there. And, of course, uh, his most recent book is on America and China, uh, Biohacked. And uh, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, it's it's so important that you read, Brandon, if you want to know what's going on. Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. As you've already heard in the previous segment, if you listen to the Defense Department, you won't know what's going on. If you listen to Brandon, not only will you, you'll know what's going on 
a few months in advance. Brandon, uh, sometimes a few years. Brandon, um, UAPs, United Aerial Phenomenon, whatever they're called, anomalous, I think, is another. What are the, what, what's the phrase of art we're calling UFOs these days? It, it, it used to be unidentified aerial phenomenon, but then when I was in D.C., it suddenly became unidentified anomalous, anomalous phenomenon. phenomenon. Yes. So, you know, I mean, added, added confusion is important, yes. I suppose. I've never heard so much about UFOs in the last several weeks, uh, as I have in the last several weeks or maybe even two, three months. Why are we hearing about it? What should we be thinking about them? Well, I I think the real reason we're hearing about it is this is basically a bizarre sort of psyop going on. I might be wrong about this, but um, I did talk when I was at my briefing. There was a very senior person from Wright-Patterson, and those in the UFO folklore will know Mm Wright-Patterson holds a very special place for the Area 51 types. Right. Yeah. Um, that's supposedly where we moved the alien bodies from Roswell mm-hmm. uh, to, and that all the exotic technology that we captured is being held in the foreign office of, uh, the foreign technology office of Wright-Pat. So I talked to a very senior person from Wright-Pat, and I brought up this David Grush, who's the intelligence officer, who's a whistleblower, claiming that, that we have this, 70-plus-year-old alien retrieval project that he was denied access to despite having his high clearance. Um, I brought this up to her after I gave my briefing, and she just couldn't stop laughing. Um, And now maybe that was a, you know, maybe she was trying to trick me, but I got the sense from her that that she, she thought this was completely ridiculous. What I think this is is I think that the United States and now probably China and Russia going back to the Soviet Union days, going back to the Operation Paperclip, where we absorbed a lot of those Nazi scientists, uh, I think that um, we le- we are actually at least a generation ahead in technology, and we don't share that with the public. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we are seeing and what people are experiencing now um, is not alien technology, but it is likely simply next-generation exotic military tech that hasn't been disclosed. Um, and I think that China uh, actually has leapfrogged us in several exotic technological domains. And I think that what the Pentagon is trying to figure out is how do they let that be known without admitting that, um, you know, we've, we've really let the ball drop on that one. And one of those things may, may just be they blame it all on aliens. Another thing I think is at play is if China does, in fact, have our number in terms of these new exotic technologies, hypersonic weapons, metamaterial research, uh, you name it, uh, quantum communications, quantum Internet, things like that, biotech, which is what my book is all about. uh, And they are definitely ahead of us in very key areas in biotech, which should scare the living Jesus out of everybody. Uh, But in the area of exotic, you know, military technology like UAPs, What I think people should be worried about is the fact that um, the military is trying to bluff our military, sort of like what the Soviets were doing to us toward the end of their existence, uh, is trying to bluff China into thinking we're more advanced than we really are. And I think that's what these disclosures are about. They're not really disclosures. They're part of a PSYOP designed to trick our rivals into thinking we're more sophisticated than we are. Uh, and our rivals actually have now, China has now the technology uh, that's actually more advanced than ours. And we're just trying to figure out how to prevent them from using it on us. If um, 
if these uh, if these uh, whatever you want to call them, if these materiel are Chinese and they're spotted so frequently as they are, or theoretically uh, there have been so many sightings as there have been, uh, obviously we have to discount a certain number of those, but you probably can't discount all of those given the testimony we've we've seen before Congress and that has been divulged. Then that means China's here in a way we haven't even contemplated also. Yes, and, and it's important to note, as I, I articulate in my recent 1945 op-ed entitled, Is the U.S. Military yep. in an Arms Race for Alien yep. Tech with Russia and China? What I articulate is um, China has the ability now, because we've given them so much access, not just to manufacturing capabilities for 50 years since opening up to China, but we're now giving them access to all of these new technologies, our, our, our tech companies are, um, that they are now able to absorb our know-how and then mass-produce uh, their own versions of it, but also then after they rip us off, they innovate from the, the rip-off. So they imitate initially, and then they spin off and do their own innovation, and that's what we saw with their quantum communications satellite. And then they get our allies, like Germany and France, to give them support and money to build out the infrastructure for quantum communications, which if they can scale that up, they'll be able to knock our telecommunications dominance off, and they'll be able to basically replace us as the dominant telecommunications power, which is the secret source of our signals intelligence supremacy. And our own allies are starting to piggyback onto China and help them to do that because they don't like the fact that our NSA is reading their mail. And so what I'm saying is, is that China is not just imitative. They're not just always 20 years behind us. They are now catching up and in some cases leapfrogging us. And if I am right, then what we're seeing in the skies might not be little green men. That actually might be the best case scenario, because if that's the case, they haven't heard us and they could. But in the case of China, it could be China has access to this stuff. They've built it out on their own. And they're now trying to figure out what our responses will be, and we haven't responded thus far. If people uh, listen to me uh, from a, I suppose, more philosophical point of view on this stuff or listen to you from a philosophical, strategic, and, and scientific-based view of these things, they would, they, would, they, would, they would take away the point that we should be afraid and very afraid and – you and I obviously are joined by a lot of other people who have been sounding a lot of these alarms as well. Why would it strike – I guess the question I would have is what's what's your sense you, – you do a lot with and around the Department of Defense. What is your sense of the mood and temperature at the Department of Defense? Are they are – they, do they have the – right number of hairs on fire actually there's music let me ask you ask you yeah. to answer that on the other side we'll do yeah thanks are, are are they are they overly are they overly propitiate propitious about this is their hair on fire um are they telling us to calm down have they thrown up their hands in despair as there's nothing that can be done about it what what's the feeling in our defense and intelligence agencies brandon weikert and i'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon, I guess what I'm asking when we talk about everything China is up to these days, whether spy bases from Cuba, whether um, whether this alien technology is attributable 
to them. Uh, for the second time, I guess, today, I'll invoke Adelaide Stevenson and say, is, 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 there a, is there a state defense or intelligence um, mood where they're, they're, they're demanding answers and, and, and yelling, I'll, I'll wait till hell freezes over? Are, are they running around with their hair on fire, or is this all very ho-hum to them? Well, you know, the, the Defense Department and the national security bureaucracy as a whole has millions of employees, so it's not a monolith. Um, there is a culture shift going on. Um, there is a division within the military when I deal with them. Half of the time, they hate what I have to say because they think I'm a, I'm a dirty, deplorable Trump and Ron DeSantis supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other half of them love me. It's notably the older guys the guys who've been in since the Reagan years who love what I have to say. Uh, Let me just give you an example. uh, Two years ago in 2021, I was briefing a group of Space Force uh, leaders on my book, or elements of my book, and I kept using the term space dominance. And they kept giving me very sour looks. And uh, afterward, I, I was approached by a female lieutenant colonel in the Space Force. She walked up to me and she said, do you understand why you had such a negative visceral reaction from our audience. I said, I have no idea. Uh, she said, it's because you use the term space dominance. Yeah. And I said, yes, of course. And I said, that's the strategic outlook that I have. And I think Space Force should take on. And I said, that's what the Trump administration, which created Space Force, uh, said they wanted. And I know because I helped to give those inputs when he was in office. And she said, I understand that. She said, but Mr. Weikert, you can't use that term space dominance anymore. And I said, why not? And she said, because it's too heteronormative. <laughs> and that's what we're dealing with, at least in part, at the Pentagon. Okay? So, um, you know, I don't want to say they all act like this, but I do think this administration, the Biden administration, is actively waging a silent, covert culture war within the U.S. military to identify all of those guys and gals who agree with me, I uh, will get them removed and get them out of positions of importance and get them into early retirement, if at all possible, and replace them with the Wokarati. And uh, so it really is dependent on who you talk to. Luckily, on Thursday when I was talking to this group, most of the audience that came up to me for one-on-one chit-chat afterward were very amenable to, I think, you and I, our position on things. But that's, you know, half the time. The other half of the time since Biden took over, uh, you know, they don't want to hear from me. In fact, I've been banned at one, I was banned for two years uh, at one one of the bases uh, that operates special forces units in Florida. Um, I'm no longer banned there because that colonel has left. But I was asked not to come back to that base for as long as that colonel was in, was in command there because I said something that was, quote, politically incorrect. God, heaven forfend uh, 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 something politically incorrect is said in the military or on a military base. Absolutely. But that Absolutely. sounds to me with when she says it's space dominance is a phrase that invokes too much heteronormativity, it basically means that uh, the idea of we win, they lose is over. We're not, we're not here to win it. It's all relative. Yeah. Well, we're led, we're led by moral relativism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the left in a nutshell. I mean, that's what they are. And, um, you know, and so and when it comes to China in particular, I don't believe for a second that this administration has any real aim 
to stand up to China. I know they've carried over certain aspects of the Trump administration that initially I was happily surprised by. But when you really look at the details of things like the USA Chips Act, which was supposed to try to get America's uh, semiconductor chip manufacturing back from overseas, back to the United States, it was $53 billion. Well, the Republicans had wanted $150 billion, but the Democrats refused because Pelosi at the time wanted to include uh, global warming initiatives and things related to transgenderism that had nothing to do with, re- with returning our uh, computer chip manufacturing capabilities to the United States. There's also the fact that you know, the Biden administration, yes, initially was making some really tough speeches against China. They were really uh, looked like going to carry over some of the Trump era policies toward China. But what they did was they spoke loudly about it, but then they never actually maintained and implemented and followed through what the Trump administration was trying to do vis-a-vis China. And right now we're seeing um, the Biden administration behaving almost as vassals to China with basically ignoring repeated provocations from Beijing just so they can get their representatives from the Biden administration to have a meeting in Beijing with Xi Jinping, where Xi is going to disrespect them and look, talk down to them and mock them. And basically, our our people will be groveling and, and begging for forgiveness. Hold that thought. We'll come right back. Thank you. Brandon Weikert is my guest. Brandon Weikert is uh, my guest. He is... Um to be followed on Twitter at we the Brandon. He spells his last name W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. His most recent book is Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life, but he's also the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, a superpower and The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, senior editor at uh, 1945.com as well. Uh, Brandon, let me um, – you had mentioned uh, briefly in uh, a column you have up over at 1945.com with regard to the U.S. military arms race for alien tech with Russia and China. Let me ask you to put that in the context of another – I think it's fair to say uh, mutual friend of ours piece uh, in Michael Rubens. Is Joe Biden hiding intelligence on China's yeah. assistance to Russia? Uh, I don't mean to speak for you. I've just liked Michael for many years, so. I oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what, what are we what are we talking about here with regard to Russia, the, the country whose name has not been uttered much or perhaps enough in all of this? China China has a role here too. Yeah. Well, China. You know, as much as we're supporting Ukraine, China's supporting Russia. Um, the Ukraine is very much a proxy war between the United States and China. Um, it's a proxy war that's. I think, getting out of control. Um, and um, it, the, the Biden administration is, puts it, has put the United States in this bizarre position where, on the one hand, they really want to stick it to Russia, primarily because the Democrats genuinely believe that the Russians had a hand in electing their orange boogeyman, Trump, in 2016 over Hillary Clinton. There's some revenge they want there, but also because um, I think Biden was basically bought and paid for by the Ukrainians when Hunter was working over there as a consultant for Burisma for all those years. Um, but the, the, the Democrats are deeply committed to Ukraine, but at the same time, they are afraid to give Ukraine the weapons and really the tools it needs to believably 
stop the Russian invasion. And to be fair, the United States simply doesn't have the, the military industrial capacity any longer to support the kind of warfare that Ukrainians are trying to wage. So there's a limit to what we can do, not just materially, but then there's this limit that the Biden administration is imposing. And so part of that limit is they are afraid of escalation. And yet they just won't call up the Ukrainians and say, you know what, you're going to have to sit down and make a deal because we can't keep supporting you. So what they're doing is they're encouraging Ukraine to take all these risks and risk a wider war, but yet they're not giving them because they can't and don't want to the tools they need to potentially achieve the kind of victory that Ukraine wants to achieve over Russia. Meanwhile, um, China is feeding information, is feeding materials, is feeding supplies, possibly even, well, actually, though, we know there are Chinese uh, technical advisors on the ground embedded within the Wagner Group, that Russian private yep. military right. uh, group right. fighting in, uh, in Ukraine. Um, but they're, they're, the Chinese are providing extensive support, but the Biden administration, according to Michael Rubin, won't share that publicly because they fear escalation. Yeah. And they fear escalation in the sense of direct retaliation or retaliation the American people might demand and our allies might demand, not just against Russia, but against China. And, of course, this gets back to what we were talking about before. Um, the Biden administration is basically a supplicant or a vassal to Xi Jinping's growing Chinese empire, they're not going to do much against China. They're going to try to insulate and protect China as much as they can. Are, are, uh, in all of this that we've been talking about, Brandon, are we? Are these just the wages of um, uh, the wages of weakness, uh, the wages of lack of leadership? It seems on so many fronts: Russia, Ukraine, China, America, Cuba, America, China, Cuba. Um, it, it, China technology, China surveillance. It just seems like we're so hamstrung with our hands tied behind our back because if we try to do any one thing on one side of the balloon, it's going to blow up on the other. I was with Peter Hudson uh, at the at the uh, Hudson Institute last Thursday. He mm -hmm. was one of Reagan's Air Force uh, secretary. He was one of the one of the officials in the Department of the Air Force, and he made the comment to me that the Chinese are led by engineers. And we're led mostly by lawyers. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what I took away from that is that the Chinese are not going to stop being cold, calculating, and brutal in trying to retweak the world engine it, to, to basically favor their country. Mm -hmm. But our side is going to constantly navel gaze and uh, become risk averse because of the fact that we are led by lawyers. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I think some of this is, is, it's not just weakness, I think it's also a, a cultural thing among our leaders yeah. where they're just not, they don't look at the world the way that the Chinese do. And plus we do have a democratic society, whereas China has an authoritarian society, so ultimately China can be, the leaders can be cold and brutal, Ours are going to have some kind of, you know, check against that on some level. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, it is the wages of weakness. Mm -hmm. They are we are led by sheep and pigs and sheep and pigs get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, 
it's 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 rare it happens, but it's rare that a presidential uh, can a, a race for presidency involves a lot of talk and debate about foreign policy. As I say, it happens. There's a few elections. A lot of consultants say it turns people it turns people off. I I have to tell you, this sounds to me like this 2024 election very much needs to be about with everything else foreign and defense policy too. It does. It does. And if I can just add one thing, sure. um, I think 2024, I know everybody says this every election, but I genuinely believe if we can't get 2024 right by getting Biden and the Democrats out, not just the, the White House, but the, the legislative branch as well, I do think that this country is pretty much over as a dominant superpower. And I will say that um, a friend of ours is a former intelligence official uh, she was visiting us last week, and she's she's deeply religious Christian. She said when we were chatting outside, she she looked at me and she said, "You know, Brandon, I really think it's by it, it'll be the grace of God alone that gets us a Republican in office because we don't deserve it the way that we've been acting wow. as a country." Wow, sobering, sobering. Brandon wow. Weikert, you're always both smart and sobering. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. All right, God bless you, sir. Brandon Weikert, W E I C H. E-R-T, his most recent book, Biohacked. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Well, it's so many areas. Think of the economy, too. Possible recession, stock market volatility, inflation, bank failures. Why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve, a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. This is a secure, collateralized portfolio with no fees. Why Refi is local. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road and the 101 I have. You won't get a sales pitch and no one's going to ask you to sign a thing. But when you meet with the team at Why Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much. And you can, too. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right, a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. That's eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. David and I were talking earlier about uh, the. Um, the famous firing line debate on the Panama Canal Treaty, 1978. And uh, the whole thing is very much worth watching. Uh, Again, to restate it, just some of of the the rhetoric, the expertise, uh, the byplay, um, the the smart, just just the deeply smart um, uh, verbiage of both sides and analysis and, and, and agility and dexterity on their feet even between just Ronald Reagan and, and William Buckley. But William Buckley's summation is particularly, uh, is particularly worth watching, his, his closing argument, what he would call a peroration. And in it, he addresses this notion of how the U.S. gets its kicks by pushing other countries around, which was a concern for some in the 70s or throughout the Cold War, and that we were pushing around little guys. And... Worth hearing him out on that. But think about how far we've come in just 40 years 
as uh, the last best hope of Earth and perhaps the last remaining superpower as we convinced ourselves we were shortly after the end of the Cold War. It's not a worry anymore that we're pushing around little guys or big guys. It's that big guys and little guys are now pushing us around. And they're getting not only their kicks in pushing us around, they're instantiating their ideology on more and more allies, on more and more enemies, and sad to say, more and more people right here in the good old USA. Something to think about. I'm Seth Leibson. God bless you all. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. David, thank you. Bill, thank you. And until tomorrow, I'm Seth and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 